0: Welcome everyone this is Eris Sully and as you know my chat with Colette today we're going to talk about guess what real estate yes real estate that's what we talk about so Colette can you introduce yourself once more of course we
1: have to and you don't you have to you have to as well but okay let's just do this uh everybody knows you yeah Okay. My name, my name is Colette Rabba. I am a real estate broker in the GTA. Um, aerosol and I love to talk about real estate, either it's in the States or in Canada, it's buying, selling, investing, whatever you want. We're here for you. We like to give you information as much as possible. That is correct. Yeah, Please always do your due diligence. You always need to, whatever. See, this is the other thing too about U.S. and Canada. Are The rules are a little bit different. The, oh, yeah. the agreements that we write and sign could be a little bit different. We want to keep you safe. We want to give you information. That's why we're here. And what are we talking about today?
0: Okay, so today is actually as a real estate investing coach, uh, a lot of people like to start doing flips, right? And flipping is a really good way to get chunks of money. But the biggest thing that... You know, we want to emphasize here is what happens after you have bought a property, you refurbish it, and it looks beautiful, and somebody's giving you an offer to purchase it.
1: Yay! Does that means that's, mean
0: that's cool. it. No, no we'll so we're going to talk that about is. what happens <laughs> after you receive a firm offer. Okay, so okay, there's well, steps and timing. So,
1: time out, okay. time out, time out. Okay, you use the word firm. So, firm. The word "a firm offer" means that both parties have agreed. So this is not a firm offer. We are. you talking about a firm offer? Um.
0: You're okay. Yeah. I offered. think I, I think I kind of jumped the gun here. So what happens when you receive an offer and if, it and when it becomes a firm offer? Okay. So collect. Okay. Take it away. The so thing, the very first thing is.
1: The one thing law one hundred and one. I am not a lawyer, but the main thing and and. We talked about this a little bit. This is a business transaction. Even though it's a residential home, you have to treat it like a business transaction. So if you say to someone, hey, I want to sell my house to you. You want to buy it? And They're like, yeah, sure. Here's the price. And then that's it. No, that's not it. You have to get the, the, the dates. You have to know when not just to close, but when conditions are met. So let's say you get an inspection
0: okay so collect collect before you go there um so the i just want to go in order so we don't miss anything okay. so the first time the first thing that you're going to do when you get an offer is first of all you're going to do a little bit of negotiating
1: of course and
0: that comes also with the timing yes, right
1: hand in hand so negotiating so so if you hire me if you hire a realtor I not just negotiate on price yep. or if you want to keep the fridge, or if you want this funny fault, that's all under negotiating, but also you have to agree on timing. So th- those, so that's a negotiation too. So if you, as the seller say, Hey, I want to close in two weeks, but the buyer is not ready, then you negotiate and you figure out what works best. Not just the timing about that though, mm-hmm. there are other things. And, and And this is something that people kind of, don't pay attention to, or maybe they don't put so much emphasis on, but let's say in Canada, in Ontario, you have to have timing as far as giving the deposit. Yep. So the deposit has to show up in trust, either to the lawyer or to the- uh, Title company. Yeah, yeah, the brokerage uh, within 24 hours. If it doesn't happen, hey, you know, there are reasons you have to ask for an extension if you get it or not. Let's say you can't do the inspection. You're in the middle of nowhere and an inspector can't come out. Timing. You have to make sure that an inspector has as much time as he needs, he or she needs, but also to waive or to accept those things that they find in the inspection.
0: Yeah, so that basically, obviously, when you negotiate the price, whether it's up or down, right? Then you also negotiate the timing. When are you closing in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, whatever it is, right? right? But there's gonna be clauses that are going to be attached to that timing, right? Right. In a really hot market that we've seen here in, in Toronto, right? Some people, they just waived all conditions. I don't recommend doing that because if you're buying something, you really need to do at least an inspection to find out if there's anything uh, really major that you're gonna have to fix uh, in the short term, right? So obviously if you have um, all the clauses, one of them would be inspection. Yes, Most people should do one. And here, at least here in the U.S., we have different type of inspections. And you decide, depending on the area, that you might think that there is, um, I don't know, pests or any, or mold, or just a regular inspection. So you think, you have to say, I want to do all of these inspections. Uh, Also the financing. Of course, the financing is the, the very first one, because normally, at least, you know, for I see for realtors, they will not show houses unless you are already pre-approved.
1: Yeah. Again, going back to what I was saying about this is a business transaction. Why would I go into business with you if you have no idea how much money you have? (laughs) Or like how much money I have? If I say, Hey, I want to invest in, in this business, let's buy a a Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then, you know, I don't have any money. Like, why would you go through all of that work of finding the business and learning how to make French fries if you don't have any money? It doesn't make any sense, right?
0: So- Absolutely. So obviously when you are coming to work with a realtor and show them, I am pre-approved for this amount, then then your realtor is going to be working with that amount to get you the property that you want, Right.
1: Yeah, there's no sense in showing a million dollar property when you only have 500,000, right? Correct,
0: so that is obviously the first thing. Yeah. However, with this financing, at least here in the US, we have different type of finances.
1: Sure.
0: One of them is the FHA, which it would be the equivalent of the first home buyer in Canada, which you require a minimum down payment, but the requirements for the the lender, it's a lot bigger, right? So you have to be aware of that if you are the seller. So if you have an FHA buyer, you're gonna have more requirements or a first buyer, right?
1: Yeah, okay, well, that makes sense, yeah. Um, The other thing too is like when, just going back to uh, deposits. So this is the interesting thing too about um, deposits. If you say, oh, I have $50,000 for the deposit, and you don't have it in your hand, like you have it in a, in a, let's say first time home buyers uh, uh, account that takes a couple days for the bank to actually take it out. So again, going back to timing, if you know it's going to take more than 24 hours to get that deposit to the, the the lawyer or to the, um, the, the brokerage to help be held in trust. Yeah. You need to write that timing out to say, Hey, listen, just so you know, it's a weekend or whatever it is. We yep. need a little time. So all this, you know, this is why you hire realtors. So you are a good realtor. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. How important that timing is. Um, the other absolutely.
0: Thing is- so let me finish on that. So yeah. uh, when you're uh, when you're selling, uh, so the different type of buyers is very important because that will determine some of the requirements that you need to meet in order for you to close the transaction. So as I mentioned, FHA buyers or first home buyers in the US, uh, first home buyers in Canada. Uh, Also, we have a VA loan, which is also people that have in the, the, that's the Veterans Administration, uh, people that serve in the military, they also can apply and they have different requirements. And then you have conventional buyers that they will put 10 to 20%, right? in Canada, I believe it's twenty percent. Uh, so you don't have the um, the insurance the mortgage insurance. Right.
1: Yeah, if you if you can, it can go down to five percent if you qualify. So that's really up to the lender, but you will have to pay something else. So uh, uh, home buyer's insurance, if you correct. Yeah, if you don't have
0: the 20%. So obviously that is kind of part of the financing. So especially if you are doing a fix and flip, it's super important to see who the buyer is because the requirements would be according to that because the lending is attached to it. And of course you have your cash buyers. Those are the easiest one to get. Well, not to get, but to deal with because then there's the requirements are not that much. Right, okay.
1: Easy, easier transaction and better closing, probably the timing. Correct.
0: Is- so, another thing that also will delay, or it's one of the requirements, it's the appraisal, right? We've had a lot of stuff here, especially in Toronto, that when the market was extremely hot, people were overbidding. So, they are they're offering over 100,000 or more for a property when they're buying it. Right. Now the appraiser comes and they say, no, 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 the house is not worth this. So what happens then, Collect?
1: Then, as you know, <laughs> that's a trick question, I know you know, you as the buyer are responsible for the difference. So if you, let's say buy a property that's a million dollars and the appraisal says, no, it's only worth 800,000, you're responsible for the difference of the $200,000. Um, and you have to have it before closing. So something like that, when you going back, 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 back to the agent writing that document out for the buyers, the, the buying agent usually writes out the the agreement, the timing and the, the, um, to say if the appraiser, the appraisal does not come back to the buyer satisfaction, we can just walk away. So all these things, when you have that document written the proper way with the proper timing, and you protect yourself as a buyer, I can't stress how important that is and how, if you don't do that, how much trouble you could get in. You could lose your deposit. You could go to court for years to don't close on that property for whatever reason. So that document is very, very important. And in the States, I know, a lot of the times too, with commercial properties here, it's written by a lawyer. So, and the lawyers talk to each other, but when it's residential, there are a lot of little loopholes that you really have to be aware of that you are covering yourself as a buyer yeah, on your side. And also sellers have to cover them. Exactly, well.
0: exactly. Well, a lot of the things that, because the properties are lower uh, price here in, in the States, at least where I am in Ohio, right. uh, what happens is if the appraisal doesn't come to the price that you already sold it, let's say you have a property that is sold for 120, but the appraisal only comes to 109, right? Yeah. So now you have a difference of 11,000. So you basically have two options and most likely because people are in a lower bracket of income. Yeah. The only option would be for you to lower the price. So then the selling price will be 109 instead. And who
1: of wants to do 20.
0: that? Nobody wants to do that, but I want people to be aware that this is a possibility. So you're thinking that you're gonna sell this property for a million dollars, but it comes down to the appraisal at 800,000. So you're not gonna be able to sell it for more than 800,000. So well, just be aware you, of that, right?
1: You, you could technically-
0: You 000, could if the not- buyer- comes up with the difference. Right.
1: It's about the buyer saying, yes, I think that the the appraiser was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's really uh, something that you have to talk to each other about the buy, you know, the, the agents talk to each other yeah. or uh, you talk to the appraiser or you talk to the lawyers and say, what do I do? So there's so many things that realtors do for you that are behind the scenes. Nobody ever talks about it because it's kind of like, Well, what do you do for your commission yeah we do a lot (laughs) so um when when things unfortunately a lot of the times things aren't just a smooth process that yes buy sell and it's done a lot of the times when when i have a deal like that on my table and i think okay it's very rare like something's gotta happen Mm -hmm. something there's you know, you always have that in the back of your mind until it closes as a, as a good realtor. And
0: yeah. I want to
1: make sure everything. So that brings me to something else. Uh, where are we now? Appraisals we talked about.
0: Yeah, and then the uh, disclosures.
1: Yes, so disclosures. That's what I want to talk about when it comes to things that I'm, let's say I'm the buying agent, the listing agent the selling agent has to disclose certain things if they know. So let's say, and I was telling you a little story about having uh, an environmental impact on a property that we were looking at. I didn't have to ask the listing agent. He had it prepared. He had it as the package to say, here, this is what you should be aware of. Let's say it was a grow house before and things were remedied. You might not be able to get insurance. If you have knob and tube, you don't see it. Please get, if, if um, if the inspector doesn't find it, if you have uh, any kind of uh, conservation land, that's something that an inspector might not find. So this you're kind of relying on your agent to do that due diligence but also if it's not public record for the listing agent if they know that somebody died in the property, they have to disclose that. So all these things are very, very important and then and you know you can say it's under due diligence right?
0: That's correct. And all remember, it's all tied to timing, right? Because one thing goes to another. Also, remember, when you have the inspection, that doesn't mean, oh, somebody's going to walk through and that's it, you're done. No, there is always a report that has to come back. And in some cases, it has to do with a lot of repairs that the buyer wants, or that they deemed that it's unsafe or the inspector deemed unsafe.
1: Right. right? Or even if, sorry, I I remember a long time ago, I had a deal where the uh, sellers told the agent, oh, it's a brand new roof. But then the inspector came and he goes, no, there was just a patch. So they were selling it on behalf of their parents who they said, oh, it's a brand new roof, but then the inspector didn't. So, you know, there is always miscommunication but now you have an opportunity to go back to step number one, which is negotiating. So all these things make a huge difference, not just with timing, but with negotiation, with writing it down properly. Maybe they'll fix it too. Let's say they want to put a new roof on.
0: Exactly. The well, but the, the other option as well here, Colette, is if they, for whatever reason, thought that it was new, but it wasn't, right? Then what they can say is, listen, instead of giving us this amount of money, we're just gonna discount it by whatever the repair is worth. And that's it, like, we're not gonna repair it. You get to do it. So yeah. it depends on where you are. Like if you are prepared to repair that roof yourself, It might work in your best interest to do that instead of trying to get them to fix it.
1: Of course, so that's negotiating. So whichever way both sides, or at that point you walk. So all you really paid out of your pocket as the buyer is the inspection.
0: Correct, every step of the way that you find something, you have the opportunity to go back to the buyer or the seller and find out if there's anything that we can find in the middle.
1: You have to finish the sentence before it goes firm
0: of course everything <laughs> right now this is all of the things that happen so this is what i I wanted to do the show today because people think that because you got an offer that's it you're done no you're not there's cert- a lot of the steps that are in the middle that could prevent that self from happening So you have to be aware. And of course, you know, you have to do as much as you can in order to provide a good property, unless you're selling something as is, then they have to buy it as is. Right. Right.
1: Or Uh, land value. If you say the house is nothing, you're just buying the land. Let's say it's a lake or whatever it is. And there is nothing really
0: to negotiate. That's it. It's done. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I want to tell you something else too. So this is under, other items. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the one thing like we were talking about, liens or if there is a tenant and what to do with the tenant. So all these things make a big difference and as a buyer, you have to ask these questions to both agents because if your buying agent says, "Hey, you know there's a tenant and you're okay with it because you you just want to keep that tenant in that house and you're fine and they're paying the rent." That's fine, but you have to be aware of that. So if you don't want the tenant, you have to say but what I was going to say was uh, something happened, and and under other items. Believe me when I say this, and it's not so far fetched that I can't read people's minds. I don't know if you can. <laughs> I don't know if you can, but as uh, a, no, I try, I'm but I can't. My, really, it's not on my resume. I yeah. am not a mind reader. So as a buyer, I can only anticipate or you know, know how much my clients, what my clients want based on what they tell me. But I also more, so I don't know what the other side wants or thinks. Yeah. So if they say to me, or sorry, if they don't say we want to buy this house, but we want to put a whole big addition on the side of it. I am not representing that client. I'm representing my seller. Let's say in this case, if the buyer wants to put an addition on, that buyer and that buyer's agent has to do the due diligence to say, the city will allow it. I don't know that. I don't know what you want to do with that house. Here's the house. You want to buy it. This is how it presents. I will tell you everything I know about it. But as the listing agent, I don't need to tell you what can and cannot be done with that property. I don't know. I think you want to move in and enjoy it the way it is you want to do something as a buyer, you have to do the due diligence, due diligence, go to the city, ask for permits. Like I was saying about conservation land. If you want to build this mega mansion right on the edge of, of, uh, um, of a
0: floodplain.
1: Yeah. The city's never going to give you a permit. So, Do your due diligence, please, as a buyer. Exactly, so that is
0: why it's important not just to buy a house, you need to know why you're buying it, what is the use, Uh, specifically the way that I do it with my coaching clients, we're buying properties, usually as is, we refurbish them and then we have to sell it to the final user, right? So we have to do a lot of due diligence. However, you know, I wanna just finish this on the other items. If there is a tenant, sometimes people are actually selling properties because they have a problematic tenant that they cannot get out. As an investor, this might be a really good opportunity for you to get a property, a really low price, if you're willing, okay, only if you're willing to go through the process of getting the tenant evicted. Sometimes they discount the property so cheap that it says, I don't want this house anymore. Yeah. And if you know what to do to evict a tenant, yeah. of course, it's going to take some time. Remember, time, money, all of that always, it's part of it. But yeah. if they have, it has to be disclosed. And that's why you're negotiating a really low price because they say, you know what? I'd rather take $30,000 off. I'll deal with the tenant.
1: Yeah. I don't want that headache. Right.
0: But if you don't want the headache, right. Then you have to think about that as well.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So it could be an opportunity or something that is just completely going to kill the deal. That's it. So it depends on how you're going to be using the house, your timing, all of that. Right. And also the one thing as well, I can kill all of these things is if the lawyers or title companies are gonna find a lien on the property, right? Yeah. So so that's it for today, guys. So just remember, if you have a final offer, it's not final until you have met all of the clauses that we talked about. Now, if you wanna know more about this, or if there's anything that we didn't discuss, please let us know. Make sure to subscribe and tell us if this has happened to you in one of your transactions. We
1: we don't love horror stories, but we love horror stories because yeah. we can all learn from the horror stories. So,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks all for All right. That, Thank everyone. you, We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.airosalihernandez.com. Thank you.